Hello, everyone out there. Welcome to the first episode of Viral, the number one vlogcast in the world. And today we have our very, very, very first guest. He's a motivational speaker, been in music videos, been referenced on Jeopardy, and even an episode of The Office. He's danced his way into our hearts on Taj.0, the BBC Network, The Ellen Show, and ladies and gentlemen, the Oprah Winfrey Show. He's the very first guest on Viral, the number one broadcast in the world. Ladies and gentlemen, you may know him as Mr. Evolution of Dance, but I know him as Justin Lapley. How are you doing, Justin? And the crowd goes wild. Roar is <laughs> Yay, yay. I am doing, doing well. Bro, you were, to get started, you were one of the first people to go viral almost before viral was viral. Like, how, how does that even feel? So just for a little bit of background for those listening, if you don't know, I went viral in 2006 in the early days of YouTube. YouTube was about a nine to 10 months old. They had only been in existence for a short while. They weren't even the most popular video sharing platform at the time. So to have something go viral then, there was just this kind of feeling of, well, this is cool, but what is it all going to mean? You know, now right. everybody wants to go viral. In 2006, if you came up to a person and said, hey, I saw a video of you on the internet, their first emotion would be concern. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, they'd right. be like, wait a minute. Like, I don't know a video. Like, I don't have something out there that's not supposed to be. Is there? Versus, you know, in today's <laughs> world, it's all like, have you seen my video on the internet? You know, would you watch my video on the internet? So it was kind of a combination of, okay, this is awesome because in my business as a professional speaker, exposure is first and foremost, my, my best marketing tool. And so from that, I was very excited, but just experiencing it overall, it was still really kind of a new world of social media didn't exist back then even. So the way that videos were shared in the early days is there was an actual link that people emailed around to each other that said, Hey, take a look at this. And somebody clicked on that link. So for our audience, uh, we are going to play the video. So Judson, watching that back, um, first question comes to mind. What was the event <laughs> that you were doing? Like, did you just walk into a school, say, close the curtain, put the spotlight on me, and we're going to get after it? Like, take us through that. I finished graduate school in 2000, and I kind of started my speaking career while I was in graduate school. Started doing a dance in early 2000, practiced it for many, many years. And my main industry or the main area that I spoke to were college students. And there's an organization called NACA, which stands for the National Association of Campus Activities. And what it does is it brings together a variety of acts, speakers, performers, bands, musicians, magicians, hypnotists, variety, act, anything you can imagine that somebody on a college campus attends or does in their free time. Brings all of those people together with the universities and the colleges that exist throughout the country. So they have what are called showcases where you apply ahead of time. And if you're successful and they like you, they 
they let you do a showcase, which is 15 to 20 minutes in front of all of these students and advisors who are looking for things for their campus. So the video that I chose was from a central region. It was called, so it was, it was in Oklahoma city. It was Oklahoma, Texas, Arkansas, Nebraska, Iowa, like schools from that middle central part of the country. So it was about six or 700 college students in a huge giant, almost hangar sized auditorium that was just big giant open space. So I actually had spoke for about 15 minutes before the dance itself. So when I put up the video, I cut out all of the, all of the speaking that went before that. I did everything wrong compared to videos today as far as production value goes. <laughs> right. The, the audience helps make the video, to be honest. Oh, immensely. I mean, if without the audience reaction, it's, it's half of what it is. So when I do virtual events, I still perform the dance to a virtual audience. And I know people still enjoy it, but it's definitely a different experience. First off, watching a 46-year-old man dance in his basement on the internet (laughs) is one aspect. But not having that audience laughter to go along with it, I think, changes the experience of watching it. You were featured on the Oprah Winfrey Show. I'm going to say that again. You were featured (laughs) on the Oprah Winfrey Show. You took a dance and a motivational speech with a couple of songs, a stage, and a spotlight, and it changed your life. How? It definitely did. I mean, there's, there's no doubt it did change my life, but it also didn't change my life. Okay, that, that's, that's interesting. And, Take a second. And that. That I, was, I was 30 years old. I had been speaking for, when the video came out, I had been speaking for over six years. I had built up a career base, and I had built up a foundation of business and experience so that when my viral experience happened, I was able to utilize all of the positive aspects of having a large viral experience without succumbing to the what could be's. So in, in 2006, again, viral was not something that a lot of people were doing. The idea of it being an influencer was not a, it wasn't a mindset people had of, I could make a career out of making videos and being an online personality. It, it was in its infancy. There were some people who were doing it. So there were a lot of people in those 2006 to 2010, 12 range who had a viral experience of some sort and then tried to change careers or tried to capitalize on that experience in a arena that they didn't already have any existing experience in, you know, and I'm not trying to say that anyone did anything right or wrong. It's natural to want to try and go after things. But for me, I was on a path that I already wanted to be on. You know, everyone in their early in their journey doesn't know where they want to go, what it is they want to do. I already knew that. And so then when all of a sudden I started getting all of this extra exposure and attention and media, I'm able to just basically utilize that. You know, every appearance that I went on, I made sure that everybody let the audience know that this is what he does for a career. This is why the dance exists versus just saying, oh, yay, come, yay, I'm an influencer now. Look at me, look at me, look at me. How, how did the dancing aspect fit into uh, your overall speech? So my entire show is, is twofold. It's half comedy and it's half content. 
I aim to give people both an immediate feeling of happiness and laughter and joy, but then also some lasting information and ideas and concepts to mull over and figure out how that might come into play into their life. So I am, use a lot of stories and a lot of jokes and a lot of references so that people laugh while they're in the moment and then find ways to weave in messages that might later on be something that they would contemplate and ponder. So the dance became kind of just the finale piece of having something that was high energy, drove home an idea that I talk about, which is essentially everything changes. The change is neither good nor bad. It's just the way that the world works and moves. And music is a great example because music changes and people's tastes change and, you know, instruments change. And, you know, there's so many things that change with it and try not to get wrapped up into the idea that one is better than the other. Just know that you can appreciate it all. And so the dance is just kind of this capstone of see how dancing has changed over the years, see how music has changed over the years, but they're all still really amazing and good. And it's okay to like something from the seventies and like something from the 2010s doesn't mean you have to pick one over the other. Even though something changes, you know, across time and since music, just like movies, um, just like, you know, the people that the people that we love, our family, friends, those things change. But we have to find, you know, the love in it because that stays the same. Exactly. And that's very interesting to me, actually. Another thing that I saw in your keynote was we have something in common. <laughs> I'm an awful, awful speller as well. <laughs> uh, a story about me. I was in, I think it was seventh or eighth grade, regional spelling bee. Students packed in the gym, parents watching, dad took off work, family sitting in the bleachers, right? First round, my word is bananas, or banana. (laughs) (laughs) This is when the song, uh, like, uh, I I forget, Gwen Stefani, right? Yeah, I was just going to say, it was No Doubt or Gwen Stefani. Like, it was Gwen Stefani. I don't remember (laughs) if it was No Doubt or just her solo. Let me hear you say this. Is bananas B-A-N-A-N-A-S. <laughs> when when I tell you I heard that my stomach dropped, I was like, "Oh my god!" I just spelled bananas and embarrassed myself in front of the whole school and the worst of it all, my family. <laughs> uh, I, and it obviously <laughs> left a mark on you. <laughs> a- absolutely, absolutely, I'll never forget it. It's it's honestly traumatizing. I don't think I've eaten a banana since since that year. So so Judson, um, your your motivational work. You're still traveling all over the country, world. How's that going? Yep, I'll go where anybody wants me to go uh, for the most part. So it's been great. I continue to find new things to talk about and to incorporate in and new audiences. And I mean, my, for me personally, my joy is being on stage is being in front of people and, and doing those two things. I, I have a background in education. I have a master's in education. I enjoy teaching, but I also enjoy entertaining. So it's the perfect, I have some, I have a friend who's another speaker who has this great concept called talent stacking 
where he basically says, you take the things that you really like doing and are good at and try to figure out a way to turn that into a career. And so for me, where my talents lie, it's the perfect blend um, of being a professional speaker and keynoter. You know, COVID really both a showed me how much I love doing it from a in-person standpoint, just from the energy that an audience has. I don't mind doing it on virtual, but it's not as engaging from a selfish standpoint. I don't get as much in return because you're essentially just talking to a camera. So I personally really enjoy the audience. Something you also talk about a lot is um, not the meaning of life, but the meaning to life. What is the meaning to your life? Uh, I mean, I, the reason I, I like that such a, it's a, you know, when you work as a speaker, you try to come up with some things that somebody hasn't heard before or saying something in a way that is different. And the reason I kind of play on that is, you know, everybody at some point says, well, what's the meaning of life? You know, thousands of books, hundreds of movies, songs about it. And I oftentimes found that the try and seek out a singular idea or concept is is difficult because it's different for every person, but there are general themes or ideas that lend themselves to multiple interpretations, meaning a single word can be the same, but how that gets interpreted by each person. And so for me, the meaning to life is to evolve, is to grow, is to consistently kind of work on becoming a better everything. And I try to hold that into my own life all the time. I'm always looking for opportunities to learn, opportunities to grow. I'm a curious person by nature. If I meet somebody I want to talk with and I'm talking to them in a conversation, I want to learn about them. I want to learn about what their expertise is, what their knowledge is. And I think that there's always room for growth in life. It doesn't always mean that you're going to grow in the ways that you thought you were going to. You know, I'm 46 now. I'm a naturally I work out a lot like that's always been part of my life and I've have to grow to accept the fact that I am not going to get stronger as I get older. It's just not like, that's just not physics. Unless you're Tom Brady. <laughs> Even Tyson. still Tom Brady is a great example because he's evolved in a different way. Right. You know, he, I guarantee you Tom Brady's not benching the same thing that he was when he was in his early twenties. It's just not physically, he might be benching more because he never benched much back then, <laughs> but anyone who's, you know, because he didn't bench or he didn't focus on it, but you know, there's a reason that the 70 year old isn't competing in the same bodybuilding category as a 24 year old. Right. Right. It's just not, it's just not physically possible, but that doesn't mean that you can't get stronger in other ways in life. It's very natural as a human being, as we age, or as we go through life and things change to focus time, energy, attention on what we've lost or what we no longer have versus being able to focus on the areas of life that we are still able to grow. A young individual who's graduating high school and maybe isn't sure what their path is going to be spends a lot of their time reminiscing about all the things that they miss about high school. Or same thing with a college graduate. You know, a lot of college graduates get out of school and as old, as older people love to tell them, you know, the real world's a lot harder than you realize <laughs> and all those cliches, but it's just different. And so it's easy for people to get caught up in the, oh, I wish I life was like it was before 
versus being able to look forward and look for opportunities to grow, opportunities to get stronger in other areas of life. And it's kind of just comes down to what it is you focus on. Are you focusing on the things that you've lost in life or are you focusing in on the things that you might gain? I talk a lot about letting go in that I kind of, my, my whole foundational philosophy kind of stems back to philosophical concepts that have been translated in a variety of different ways, but most people are most familiar with the serenity prayer it's called, which is letting go of the things you don't have control over and focusing in on the things that you do. And I always used to talk a lot about letting go. And what I'm I'm starting to realize is letting go to a lot of people gets misinterpreted because they think that that means forgetting something. And that if you, if you let something go, you should no longer focus on it or think about it. When truth is letting go is not about forgetting something. It's about making sure that you're not spending your time, energy, money, competency too much on those things that you don't have control over. Before you go and uh, we go on our separate ways, I want to play a game with you if that's okay. Um, Sure. It's called Five Seconds of Evolution. So what we're going to do is we're going to see if Mr. Judson remembers the names to his songs of the video that made him a household name. And one of the most, actually, probably, I think you're still in the top five, top three of all time. Watch videos on YouTube. Not anymore. The the days of, I mean, I was overtaken by Charlie bit my finger a long time ago. And then along came somebody named Cy and Justin Bieber and baby shark eventually dominated us all. I've, I've <laughs> never heard of any of those other people. <laughs> You're still number one in my heart, but, um, ah, thanks, man. Thanks. but for the audience listening and for Judson, the rule of the game is you get five seconds of the song to name it. And we will see uh, if Judson can make it to the end. All right, All right. So without further ado, here's our first song. Come on, that's Elvis Presley Hound Dog. All right, and the second song. Chubby Checker the Cliff. Yes, sir. You make Oh, Bee Gees, staying alive. Yes, sir. Oh, that's YMCA by the Village People. Yes, sir. Kung Fu Fighting. This one might be tough. Oh, that one's easy. That's uh, Keep On, Keep On by the Brady Bunch. Grease Lightning. John Travolta and the cast of Grease. That's all I'm giving you on that one. Uh, ACDC shook me all night long. Uh, Michael Jackson, Billie Jean. And then we're 
trailer right afterwards. Pat, what do you think will come of that? I don't like the look of it. Oompa Loompa song. I'm just a man whose circumstances went beyond his control. <laughs> Set of sticks, Mr. Roboto. Wow, that was good. Say a one for the trouble, two for the time. Oh, come on, y'all, let's break That song is just called Break Dance. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you know? Uh, Walk Like an Egyptian by the Bengals. Wow. The most famous polka song of all time, The all Chicken time. Dance. Moni, Moni. Yeah. That's all I'm giving you on this one. Uh, I mean, that's, that's, I mean, that's my generation. That's Vanilla Ice, Ice Ice Baby <laughs> all the way. Also, originally first performed by Queen called Under Pressure. <laughs> Very true. Shout out, Queen. Shout out, Queen. MC Hammer, you can't touch this. Ah, the good old B-52s with love. Wow. Apache jump on it. Jump around, Cypress Hill. Sir Mix a lot, baby got back. This is a good one. Most people get this one confused. They don't remember the actual name, but the band name is Chumbawamba, and the song is called Tub Thumping. Wow, this is we're we're getting in the home stretch now. What is love by Hathaway? Love it. You may have to play that one again. Uh oh. Uh oh. Yeah, this might be the stumper. Uh oh. Oh, Cotton Eye Joe. Yep. Sorry. Yep. That's like the one part of Cotton Eye Joe that isn't exactly <laughs> recognizable as Cotton Eye Joe. <laughs> so I picked it. By, by, re, by Red Eye, I think, is the name <laughs> of the artist. There you go. Uh, the good old Macarena, maybe the large, one of the largest global hits of all time. Ah, but of course, bye, bye, bye. <laughs> this hole that is gaping, this world is mine for the taking. Make me king as we move toward a new world order. I know Eminem, lose yourself. This is my favorite. All right, 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 all right
Outcast. Hey, yeah. All right. Turn the music up in the headphones. Good old Jay-Z, dirt off your shoulder. Get that dirt off my shoulder. And then the last two. Of course, you got this one, but... Yeah, Vanilla Ice again at next to the end, and then a little bye-bye-bye to finish it out. Mr. Judson, the plot, lightly, you, you are, you are awesome. You are awesome. <laughs> I mean, I would hope I would know them. I've only performed them a bazillion times. <laughs> the, the Cotton Eye Joe almost threw me, though. That almost threw me, because that's definitely not the part of the song that you hear. Yes, sir. Well, Judson, you, you've been a great guest. I really want to thank you for the message and the positivity that you spread. Thank you for your contribution to the overall internet. Uh, YouTube is a better place with you on there. Hey, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. And uh, it's nice to be part of pop culture lore to know that, you know, I'll always have my little tiny corner of the internet where I get to say I was the first. (laughs) Tell the people where uh, they can find you on social media or uh, can book you. Uh, pretty much everything is just underneath my name, so that's Judson, J-E-D-S-O-N, Lightly, L-A-I-P-P-L-Y. That's all of my handles. That's my website, JudsonLightly.com. You can find me and connect with me through that. Uh, thank you for coming, and most of all, thank you for going viral. I got a feeling this is it.